Welcome. This is jazz, just the way we like it. My name is Alfonso Severos, and this is my weekly jazz podcast recorded live at Brick Arts in downtown Brooklyn, the People's Republic of Brooklyn. Jazz, just the way we like it, plays those classic jazz songs of the 1950s, the 1960s, and the 1970s. Those songs I grew up on, listened to as a young man, and here I am playing them again for your pleasure, and also to introduce a younger generation to that fabulous art form known as jazz. I'm here in the studio with my good friend Lawrence Williams. Larry, how you doing, brother? All right, how are you, Al? I can't complain, man. Cannot complain. That's good. That's good. good to hear. It is December. Can't believe it. Seemed like yesterday we were saying it's November. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are, man. December uh, 2019, man. Around the corner, it'll be 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Uh, today would have been, uh, today is actually Randy's birthday. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How old would Randy have yeah, been? He would have been 70 today. 70. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And that's your younger brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, you can read between read those lines. <laughs> oh, man. You had to mention that, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Just what are friends for? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we always start the show off with a song that deals with social issues that address the human situation. Uh, so let's let's play this song, man. It's 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 by I like these this 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 group. It's not a single person, but it's a collective of musicians all around the world, and it's called Playing for Change, and they're doing one of uh, Bob Marley's pieces, One Love, One Love. Mm-hmm. 
Like that now, man. That was beautiful. What did you pick? What did you? Oh, I, I'm a big fan of playing for change. Playing for change. How man. long have they been around? A while. They've been doing, you know, recording musicians all around the world, and yeah. then they edit all the pieces and put it together. Man. Is that how they? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was wondering how. And they these are all street musicians. Wow. So they record street musicians, man. Uh, that's why it's called playing for change. Uh, they 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 do a number of songs, man. You know, a few Bob Molly, other kinds of popular songs. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But they b- bring in instruments and singers from all over, man. Yeah, that's beautiful co- collaboration. That is really something else. Yeah. They get it all together, and you know, like you really feel the music and yeah. you know from different places. What surprised me on this one 
was that there was somebody from Israel who was actually singing as well. Oh yeah. So they, yeah. you know, they don't discriminate. They go all over the world. They, they, they do, man. Yeah. You have people from Latin America, Venezuela. You would have yeah. them from all over. Yeah. Uh, f- from even you know the uh, from the east. Thailand, you name it, man. Wow, wow. Uh, and you had someone in there from Nepal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed so that. That was that was uh, but that that's uh, one love, man. You know, that, that's Bob Marley's piece, man. Yeah. Uh, but but you know, uh, to get to get on the topic of of politics for a little while, man. Uh, this guy Pete Buttigieg, man. What, what do you think of him, man? I don't know. I I really haven't been following him that much, but I've I've heard that he's starting to pick up a little bit of steam. He's picking up a lot of steam. <laughs> a lot of steam. Really, really. Yeah, but the thing of it is he's not putting it picking it up in the Afro American and Latino community. Oh. They don't know this guy. Yeah. And there has been problems when he was the mayor in South Bend, Indiana. Uh-huh. And there was some issues or concerns about his relationship with the African-American community in terms of not taking their issues serious. Okay. I have a problem with him, man, and, and this is my problem. Maybe it's, it's my way of looking at things. This guy knew he was going to run for president. You know, he must have knew for a while now. Uh, if you're trying to seek the nomination for the Democratic Party, it seems to me that you would reach out to the largest voting block in that party, which is African-American, especially African-American women. Percentage-wise, you can't win without them. I mean, he made very little effort or practically no effort to reach out to them. And now he's saying that, you know, he's, he wants to go and get to know. I mean, it implies that, you know, so little uh, of value of their interests. I mean, if you want that nomination, you would have been out there a year ago making your presence felt. Uh, but that was not the case. And so I, I, I got some issues with that. Uh, you think people, that he, he it's, it, had, it doesn't have anything to do with, like, the area that he lives in? Like... South uh, Bend, Indiana has, has, a, has a black has population. A, but is he's it, running, is it sizable? No, no, but that's not the issue. He's running for a national platform. I got, I got yeah, you. so he had to reach out on a national level. Yeah, no, that part I get. I, yeah. I'm just saying, like, maybe he he's stuck in the politics of his own no. area, and uh, there may not be that many blacks in South and Indiana. I don't know whether or not there are or not. That's my point. Gonna... That is the point. If you're running and that's the block, you go learn the issues. Right. You don't wait until... Uh, you're in the fire and says, okay, now I want to learn. Yeah. No, you, you would do that. This guy is pulling uh, way low in the African community. Now, he's going up in the polls, but unless he get the black vote, he won't get it. Plain and simple. Plain and Are simple. you talking about the national election or are you talking about the Democratic Democratic nominee? election. He, you can't win without that, without that block. That's okay. the largest block in the, um, in the Democratic Party. And speaking of black elected officials and their support, Biden has 154 endorsements from black elected officials. Harris, 93. Booker, 50. Warren, 43. Sanders, 91. Buttigieg, 6. Not even reaching out to elected officials. Right. So, uh, 
we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's trying now to be on television. He went and met with with uh, with uh, with uh, Al Sharpton and other folks. But that should have been done a while ago. Everybody comes ago. to New York City. They meet with Al. No, Sharpton. that not not that meeting. Oh, okay. That's for the presidential candidate. Right. Candidates. Okay. I'm talking about uh, 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 separate from that. Um, so anyway, I got issues with him. That's that's my view. And your man threw his hat in the in the pot. Who? Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Bloomberg, rather. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry, Bloomberg. Uh, yeah. I I I figure like he's he's out there, and and you know this country has yet to there are two uh, sectors in the in the in this country that have not been elected and and have been very difficult to get elected, either Jewish or a woman. Those are the two that have not so far been elected as president of this country. And I don't know whether or not uh, this country is ready to have a Jewish president. Uh, personally, I, I don't think that should be a factor, but the people in the Midwest and the South, that's going to be a problem with them. Yeah, yeah. But I think they, 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 you know, a, a good candidate. If if a if an African American got to be president, I'm pretty sure a Jewish person can be president. I'm, I'm quite sure. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that it can't. Uh, but just, he, yeah, he's not. I say it's going to be difficult. It's going to yeah, be, it'll be difficult because he's not going. He's going to have a lot of prejudice and a lot of people who who don't want that. Uh, but there's enough. What we have to realize is that the Democratic Party is big enough to to, to if they get the vote out. They will beat Republicans all the time. Yeah, but they have to get the vote out. Uh, but but Bloomberg threw his hat in. Uh, he wants to be president. Uh, I have problems with him doing this. <laughs> it seems like like I got problems with a lot of these folks. Yeah, but yeah. It, but, why, but why, why do you have problems with Bloomberg? Because I think it's arrogant of him. Oh, okay. He didn't have to go through the process. He's like he's special. Yeah, you know he did the same thing in New York City for the third term. Yeah, you know, I got my you. money entitles me. Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, I got and then you. he's skipping the first two primaries, uh, Iowa and New Hampshire, because it's only three percent of the um, delegates. He'll wait until March, where there's sixty-five percent of the delegates I've, being. I've picked. always, I think, I've always heard that if New Hampshire determines who is going actually going to win. I think that's it's been like a it has the highest percentage of selecting the democratic. I don't know. I there was something I heard yeah. way back that it was New Hampshire whoever wins in New Hampshire is an indication that they might I may be one but if you check the records yeah. there's yeah. something that comes out about that. Uh well we'll see man. This is this is getting Interesting. That's getting down to the last 10 months. So we'll see. But let's get to some jazz, man. This is an old piece, Larry. This is Don Cherry with Herbie Hancock playing a uh, Theodolius Monk piece. Man, this is a little jumping piece here, Larry. So sit back. Don Cherry.
Lonnie's monk. The Lonnie's monk, he said you can dance to my music. I remember monk, he'd always wear a hat. He said you can dance to my music. Let's hear it for the Lonnie's monk. We had a little problem here. I'm not sure what happened. You, Larry? Nope. <laughs> Let's see if we can get it back.
is what we call a fade out. We just fade right on. That was Don Cherry on uh, uh, cornet, I believe, with Herbie Hancock on piano and uh, Ron Carter on bass, man. He's always been a creative artist, uh, Don Cherry. Yeah, he's, I think he's been with uh, Chicago Ensemble, Art uh, Ensemble of Chicago. I'm not sure if he played with, with them. them. Uh, I think he played with them a little bit. Yeah, he played with a lot of folks. He yeah. recorded with John Coltrane, with Miles, yeah, with a, like a number of people. Elvin Jones was on this, and uh, I think Jimmy, Elvin Jones was, uh, no, it wasn't Elvin Jones. It no. Was, uh, who I don't was know playing who, bass? Oh, that's Ron Carter. Ron Carter, yeah, I'm sorry. Ron Carter was playing bass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forgot who the drummer was, but I've seen him before, too, but I don't know who he is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that was a good. That was a good group. Yeah, very creative man. Yeah. Herbie Hancock is a creative person, and and you know Don Cherry man always an avant-garde. Yeah, and on the edge, that uh, creative expression. Uh, I think he's very well known for that. Yeah, he is. Uh, and Herbie played, uh, you know, he, he played in in monk style a little bit. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he did. He's usually a little bit more traditional, but that's that. that he did cool. sound like monk in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's slow it up with a little bit with the old Miles Davis piece. It never entered my mind. So, enjoy this. Thank you. 
One word for that piece, sweet. Mm-hmm. Just yes. sweet. That's yeah. Miles Davis, recorded in 1956. It never entered my mind with, with Miles Davis on trumpet, John Coltrane on tenor sax, Red Garling on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Philly Joan Jones on drums. I know you like that one, Larry. That's beautiful, man, but uh, you didn't give Train much of a a play on that one. That was 56, man. Train just showed up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't give him much of a play. That no, was all him. No, that, that was, was Miles, man. That's that was old all classic Miles. Miles. Yeah, yeah, and that was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Miles shared his his his. his no, his I know he normally would, but on, yeah. I've never heard a piece where he didn't share. And, yeah. You know, practically nothing. I, I I was listen. I was trying to listen for Train. I didn't hear him. You didn't hear him at all. I didn't hear him at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But he's on the he's on the record. He must be doing something there. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe he just wanted to give him some credit. I don't know. Well, I, I think in 1956, John Coltrane was going through his problems. Oh, oh, so then that would have been that would have. <laughs> yeah, that, that I don't know if that's it. connected in any way. Yeah, that that might explain it. Yeah. Here's some folks for you, Larry, man, because I know you like trombone. Oh, yeah. This is J.J. Johnson oh, and Kyle Winding. Uh, <laughs> man, it's a piece called It's All Right With Me. Thank you. 
Larry, how'd you like that one? That man? was really good. That was really good. They really complimented each other. You know, yeah. kind of, you know, to get the notes that they did together, and that's not an e uh, easy instrument to play either. I know. That was J.J. Johnson and Carl Winding in the 1983 piece, uh, oh, wow. 1982 no, performance. Wow. Huh? That's wild. I didn't realize that they uh, they got together after yeah. in the 80s. I could barely tell the difference from one to the other. Yeah. They sound so similar yeah. in yeah. style of playing. Maybe yeah. it was the song. I, I don't know. Yeah, it was a couple of things, right? Little uh, nuances yeah. that was in there that J.J. was doing, like some extra note he would take in yeah. there. Yeah. But that yeah. was like his style. But it's very, very similar. Yeah. You know, yeah. you'd have to you'd, you'd have to see it in, in, in order to see that there was... Every once in a while, J.J. would do something a little, I little hear different. You. I hear you. The other one was like more smoother. Yeah, more smooth, more smooth. Yeah. More traditional. Here's the album that's one of my favorite albums, man. In fact, it was the, f the first jazz album I listened to because my brother brought this album. <laughs> and it was the soundtrack for a movie, Odds Against Tomorrow, by the Modern Jazz Quartet mm. uh, with Harry Belafonte. It came out in the late 50s. And uh, here's a song from that. And uh, Modern Jazz Quartet, man, eh? MJQ's, boy, they were some bad brothers. And here's a piece called Skating in Central Park. And it has Johnny Lewis on piano, Milt Jackson, and uh, Connie Kay on drums, and Heath on the bass. Here we go.
Skating in Central Park, Modern Jazz Quartet, recorded in 1959 in an album called Odds Against Tomorrow, with Milt Jackson on uh, xylophones, uh, John Lewis on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Connie Kay on drums. I remember that album, Larry, when I was in the seventh grade, man. So wow. <laughs> uh, my brother Jimmy, my older brother, man, uh -huh. he had two jazz albums. This one and uh, Dave Rubeck, Odds Against, I mean, uh, Take Five. Take Five, yeah, yeah, And I yeah. used to listen to those. I didn't yeah. know what I was listening to, brother. Right, right. I hear you. But I, I remember you. this song because I used to put me in the mood. You know what? Uh, what gets me about the MJQs is that they have such beautiful sound without a horn. Yeah. Not one horn. No. Oh man, and the, and they're able to create such create such great music. Oh yeah, you know that that's been. Yeah, they were like, they were like. Uh, I know John Lewis. Uh, he was classical, uh, trained man. He, you can he hear Juilliard. it. Yeah, you can hear it. Yeah, so uh, these cats were like top musicians. Milt Jackson, man. Whoa. Yeah. This is one of his. I mean, this is this. He just he just created beauty. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> They smoking that man, <laughs> man. That was really good. Yep. Talk about uh, uh, let's play a uh, something a little different, man. Take it out there a little bit with John Coltrane and Eric Doffy on a piece called India. Enjoy.
Well, uh, I didn't expect that, folks. Uh, I'm not sure what happened, but uh, something happened. So, uh, well, Larry, that took me by surprise. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, we can finish it out.
That's the John Coltrane classic with John Coltrane and Eric Doffy on uh, saxophone, Reggie Workman and uh, Jimmy Garrison on bass, McCoy Tino on piano, and Elvin Jones on the drums. Larry, how'd you like that classic? That was man? beautiful. Oh, man, I love when he gets on that uh, uh, soprano sax. Oh, yeah. He yeah. plays it so well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and Dolphy was really good on that one, too, and I like the... Uh, the production of this this particular album because you get the the left and the right side of two different sax playing um, that makes it such a great album to me. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I yeah. love that separation. I love. I there were some records back in the seventies that were just perfect with the with their sound, the, the production of the sound. Yeah, I know, man. The uh did a oh, fantastic job. Uh, yeah, that's that's John Coltrane, man, at his best, man. You know, at his best. Larry, man, it's getting to be that time. <laughs> that time, brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I enjoyed you being here, man. I enjoyed being here, man. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll be here again next week. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed the show. I mean, enjoyed the podcast. I'm so used to doing my uh, community television show, free speech television show, that I close this and get it mixed up with the closing of the other piece. That's only because you're getting younger. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you, you recognize that. <laughs> well, you're turning into that Benjamin character. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said, we, we both were like those two old men on Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting up here in front of the mic, man. <laughs> criticizing. I'm criticizing everybody. All right, man. And, hey, I hope you enjoyed the music, conversation. And as always, until the next time, peace and love. So tell me why stop to think about this weather, my dear This little dream might fade away There I go talking out of my head again Oh baby, won't you come and put our two hearts together That would make me strong and breathe Oh, when we are one I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid If there's a cloud up above us Go on and let it rain I'm sure our love together will endure a hurricane Oh my baby, please let me love you And give me relief from this awful misery What is all this talk about loving me, my sweet? I am not afraid, not anymore Not like before, can't you understand me? Now baby, please pull yourself together my soul's on fire, come on and take me, I'll be what you make me, my darling, my soul. Oh, baby, you make me feel so good, let me take you by the hand, come let us visit out there, in that new promised land, maybe there we can find a good place to use a loving state of mind. I'm so tired of being without and never
knowing what love's about. James Moody, you can come on in, man, and you can blow now if you want to. We're through.